Welcome to the podcast of Westminster Presbyterian Church in Greenwood, Mississippi. We are a community of Christians that exists to make disciples of Jesus Christ and influence the Delta for the glory of God. More information about Westminster can be found at www.wpcgreenwood.org. Those who are going to Little Worship, you can be dismissed at this time. And if you're staying here with us, I invite you to open your Bibles, or of course, just stay there with your bulletin, Isaiah 35. Well, let's pray as we kind of switch gears here. Let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are the Lord of all, uh, even as, as Gary reminded us that there's no one like you. Um, so, Lord, now as we come to sit under your word, uh, Lord, may we sit under it uh, as being there is no other word like this, no other scripture, no other teaching, uh, no other text. Uh, Lord, we ask that you would uh, well, forgive the one who teaches his sins, for they are, they are many. Uh, and as we were even reminded this morning in prayer that, uh, Lord, you use uh, things like the foolishness of preaching uh, to, to spread your word. Uh, so uh, may you even use a fool like me. Um, Lord, we ask that uh, you would, through your spirit, give us eyes to see, ears to hear. Uh, Lord, may our, our hearts uh, receive this, and may we say this is good. Uh, so Lord, Holy Spirit, um, come. And we ask this in Christ. Amen. So Isaiah 35, this is God's word. The wilderness and the dry land shall be glad. The desert shall rejoice and blossom like the crocus. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given to it, the majesty of Carmel and Sharon. They shall see the glory of the Lord, the majesty of our God. Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. And then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer, and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. For waters break forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The burning sand shall become a pool and the thirsty ground springs of water. In the haunt of jackals where they lie down, the grass shall become reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there. It shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it. It shall belong to those who walk on the way. Even if they are fools, they shall not go astray. No lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it, they shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there. And the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with singing. Everlasting joy shall be upon their heads. They shall obtain gladness and joy and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. This is God's, God's word. I love that. It shall belong to those who walk on the way, even if they are fools. Like, you can't lose your way if you're placed there. Um, kids, uh, if, if the ones who were in here that didn't just leave, uh, 
I would just a, a question for you to, to consider, and maybe you can talk about this with your parents uh, later today. Parents, maybe you can help them flesh this out. Um, kids, what do you like about being at home? What's your favorite thing about home? Uh, what's the, your favorite thing? And then maybe at lunch, y'all can talk about how Jesus is even better than that. Jesus is better than your favorite thing uh, at your house. You know, Andy Williams summed up Christmas possibly best when he's saying it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, and, and Christmas is, it really is wonderful. I, I tell you, Caleb sure seems to think so. Uh, one of the exciting things about owning an older vehicle is you never know what mechanical failure may meet you each morning uh, when you crank it up. Well, a, a few weeks ago, and I have no idea why, but my car uh, was stuck on Caleb. Like I could not get it off of Caleb. Which means for the past few weeks, all I've heard is Christian soft pop covers of Christmas songs. Um, and it's wonderful. But, uh, you know, some of you can relate. I mean, it's almost enough to drive you to the eggnog, right? It's, it's a little much, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's wonderful. You know, some people think Christmas is just so wonderful. I think we've talked about this documentary before. There's this British documentary called Christmas Cracker. Uh, and it's a documentary about people who celebrate Christmas every day. It is, I think it's a def um, mental illness that these people, like, they literally wake up, they open presents that they bought for themselves and wrapped for themselves. They eat turkey with all the trimmings. They uh, keep the tree up. They wear the tacky sweaters. They listen to Christmas music 365 days of the year. Every day is Christmas. To them, it's, it's, it's wonderful, right? Uh, we all have reasons why we love Christmas, right? But I believe if we were honest and just take the toys away, take the, the presents away, and the reason Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year is because something deep down in us viscerally knows that Christmas is about, um, it's really about coming home. You know, college students come home. Uh, church members, family members come home. You know, so often the sights and sounds and smells of Christmas are the sights, sounds, and smells of home, right? It, it's, it's grandmother's uh, rum cake, and, and every year she adds a little more rum to that cake, right? It's uh, in the words of the Cheers theme song, it's, it's being in a place where everybody knows your name, and they're always glad you came, right? And, and look, even if you didn't don't particularly like home or maybe home for you growing up was a place of trauma nonetheless christmas it still makes us long for our our true and better home that there's something better than that home that we had well in this regard though isaiah 35 may not be the typical christmas passage it is the christmas story uh, it's the story of God's people joyously returning to their true and better home. It's the home that we've always longed for. And so for us to truly be home this Christmas and this life and the life to come, there are two things that God is showing us in this passage. And, and the first of which is, well, we first have to realize that we're not home yet. That even this home isn't, isn't the home that we long for. You know, one of the reasons we long for our true home is because the home we currently live in is in ruins. You know, Isaiah paints this pretty bleak picture of our world. Uh, he says that we live in the wilderness. Uh, we live in the desert. Uh, he calls it the haunt of jackals. 
you know, jackals, they're scavengers, right? Which means that they don't hunt living things. They just prey on the dead, which means if there are jackals around, uh, well, that means there's death and hopelessness uh, around. Well, Isaiah, he tells us what we know, if we're honest, like tells us what we know, that this world of, of death and decay has not been good to us. Um, that we, we, we can't watch a Mississippi State ball game without permanently losing our hearing, right? Uh, that we, we can't um, hike in Montana without needing bear spray. Uh, we can't go out after dark in the Delta without risking West Nile, right? And, and, though, and, and we know this, that there's not enough Botox and there's not enough filler in this world to, to stave off what the fall is doing to our bodies, Life is physically, emotionally, and spiritually hard because we weren't made to be homeless. I remember uh, meeting a homeless person in Mobile. We would, we would bring food and do ministry to the homeless downtown in college. And it was this lady who I thought she was like 80, to 80 years old, but she's like 30. You know, it's just life is hard uh, on the homeless. Well, as humans, we were made... Uh, not to be homeless. We were, we were made to be at home with God in paradise, uh, but we lost it. Uh, you know, a few years ago, a, a lady came by our church with nowhere to go. Uh, she was homeless. And, and so we, we tried to arrange a place for her to stay uh, in a hotel here local for a couple of nights. Well, later that day, the hotel manager called the church and said that uh, they were not going to give her a room. Um, so I went down to the hotel. We tried to st- kind of straighten things out. The hotel manager said that he had rented a room to this particular lady uh, several months ago. Uh, she trashed the room. She stole things. She had all sorts of kind of suspicious activity in and out of the room that night. He suspected her of running a prostitution ring. And he said it got so bad he had to call the cops in the middle of the night and just kicked her out on the street in the middle of the night. Um, she, he said she didn't abide by the hotel rules, and so she got evicted. And so I, I found myself in, in this kind of awkward position, like pleading with the hotel manager to just give her another chance. And he'd, look, if she didn't follow the rules this time, he could kick her out again. But that's all we could do. Well, he wasn't super happy about it, um, but he ended up giving her that, that room. And I, I think I've definitely shared this. I, I left... I was so frustrated because we were trying to really, we were trying to help this woman, but it's like she was her own worst enemy. Uh, You know, she had a place to stay, but she trashed it, and she ended up getting kicked out. And in that frustration, Annie could say she she Jesus-juked me, and she said, Rich, that kind of sounds like us. Like, aren't we all like this lady? And, of course, she's right. Um, the Bible says God gave us paradise. Now, we had it. It was everything we could need or want. He set us up to thrive, and yet we broke the rules. We trashed the place, and we, we had to be kicked out. You know, Adam and Eve were home, right? But they sinned against God, and, and they and with them, the rest of humankind, were, were kicked out of their home. And so what we see in the Bible time and time again is sin always separates us from home. Remember when Cain killed his brother Abel, God cursed Cain with homelessness, essentially. He, he cast him out and he said, Cain, uh, for the rest of your days, you will be a wanderer on the earth. 
In other words, Cain, you will never know the peace, the comfort, or joy of, of, like, of being with your people, being safe. And the rest of the Old Testament plays out like a broken record of that, doesn't it? You know, really, the Old Testament is, is about where Israel is related to, to home. You know, they were either sojourning in the land that was not yet theirs, they were in the process of going into exile, they were in exile, or trying to get back home from exile, but, but either way, even when they were home, they were constantly seeking home in things other than God. And so they were overrun by the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, and even the Romans. I mean, even during Jesus' time, Israel still considered itself in exile. You know, they were home, uh, but they were under Roman control. And really, you read the Psalms, and even the most powerful Israelite of all time, you could argue, King David. And King David ruled during a time where Israel was like the most peaceful, the most just settled it's ever been between David and Solomon. But notice what King David, who had, if anybody had home on this earth, it was him. Notice what he said, Psalm 27. David, the God after man's own heart, only wanted one thing for Christmas. He writes, one thing have I asked of the Lord, and that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Well, we all have a little David uh, in us. Um, you know, whether we're conscious of it or not, we're all homesick for God. I mean, David had it all, and yet he still didn't have what he wanted. We all miss God. You know, could that be why, why shows like on HGTV or other home improvement shows are so wildly popular? It's because we're all in the market for home. But like Israel, we look for it in all the wrong places. Uh, we're, we're told that if we, we get the right kitchen, that if we you know, get the right master bathroom, that if we get the right shade of white, it's all about white right now. If we get the right shade of white on our walls, We'll finally have what we've longed for. But anyone who's older than like five knows it, it, it doesn't matter how many toys we have or how much white we, we put out. Annie told me, Annie Glass, are y'all into Annie Glass? Annie says, doesn't matter how much Annie Glass you have, you're still going to crave more, right? You're still going to crave more. Nothing on this earth can permanently soothe that ache, which really poses a question that we've got to deal with. What do we do when nothing on this earth satisfies that ache that we have? Like, what do you do? Well, the Bible tells us that we would do well not to numb that ache, um, that that ache is actually pointing us somewhere beyond this earth. You know, we're like Bubba on Forrest Gump. Right, often it's not until we're lying in a pool of our own blood that we say, we want to go home. Uh, often it's not until we're like the prodigal son drooling over pig slop that, that our eyes are opened to how good our father is. And so th this Christmas, I hope that you would see the pain and the disappointment, the dashed hopes that we experience in this life as God's mercy to you calling you back home. Well, how in the world do we get home? Well, thankfully, the gospel tells us that, 
that Jesus not only brings renewal, that the coming of Christmas really means the coming of home, which is our second point. Uh, Look at verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf unstopped. Then shall the lame man leap like a deer and the tongue of the mute sing for joy. You remember, remember John the Baptist, right? When he was arrested, he started doubting Jesus. Um, and he sent his messengers, and he's like, look, Jesus, are you the one? Because things aren't that great. Things are not really that good right now. And do you remember what Jesus said back to John? Because he, he didn't emphatically say, yes, I am the Messiah, but rather he said something better. Jesus said, I want you to go and tell John what you hear and what you see. He said that the blind receive their sight and the lame walk. Lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. In other words, when Jesus showed up, the renewal that we see in Isaiah 35 began. And so it's as we're about to sing that Jesus came to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found. And here's why that's so great. You know, as we found when when John Ford reminded us during our Sunday school lesson, our Sunday school class on heaven, you know, we have this tendency to think of heaven as kind of this, I guess there's clouds involved and we kind of sit on them or something. Uh, But really all that's the intermediary state. Uh, But if we actually read God's word, we see heaven described a little differently. The revelation says that there's going to be a new heaven and a new earth, like a real physical place which God's people will inhabit, meaning heaven will be a perfected, renewed version of Eden. It's going to be like in heaven we'll get to eat at Lusco's again, uh, but all of our best restaurants won't move to Oxford, right? It's, uh, but, you know, this time Jesus will also be eating with us. He will plant gardens without the briars and the brambles, Um, And and at Christmas, we celebrate the beginning of that renewal. Uh, But you know what else that means? This means that if Jesus Christ has renewed you, that if if you have been been saved and, and made new, then that means that he has called you to be his agent of renewal as well, right? Um... So we don't just sit here until the the role is called up yonder, but rather, as we're here, we join him in making the desert bloom, uh, preparing the kingdom for our coming king, right? You could argue that's that's why we cut our yards, and that's why we put our shopping carts back in the thing. That's why we, we try to keep this place better than we found it, uh, making the kingdom beautiful uh, for our king. So Jesus brings renewal, but that's not all. Jesus also brings us home. Isaiah says that there's a highway, that there's this highway that that leads to God. And so it sounds simple enough. So why don't we just get on the highway? Um, So this week I heard heard something troubling. I heard someone say that, that God always blesses people who volunteer in the church. Um, that the, the more you volunteer, <laughs> the more it proves that you love God and that God loves you. The more you volunteer, the more sure you can be that you are on that highway to God. And to, to, 
to all that I, I could say is just talk about missing it. Because I hear Isaiah says, no matter how hard we try to get on that highway, no matter how much good we do, we can't. Because as verse 8 says, the unclean, the sinners aren't allowed on that highway. Which means as sinners, we really only have two options. Uh, one, well, we, we just don't get go home. Or two, someone takes our sin on themselves and gives us his righteousness, a new identity, kind of places us in witness protection so that we can go home. You know, a lot of people say that you can still have a great Christmas without Jesus, right? There's still lots of things to celebrate. But Westminster Isaiah is saying that if you don't have Jesus, I mean, at the end of the day, you really don't have anything to celebrate, I mean, how do you, what do you, happy winter solstice? You will never have the home that you long for? I mean, how do you, how do you celebrate that? Well, as mentioned, our, our only shot at getting home is in someone else redeeming us, uh, putting us on that path. And thankfully, that's what verses 9 and 10 is all about. He says, no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast come upon it. They shall not be found there. But the redeemed shall walk that highway, and the ransomed of the Lord shall return, and they'll come home with singing. So in the, in the Old Testament, anytime you see that word redeemed, it was, it was usually tied to this concept of the kinsman redeemer. That you know We think about that in Ruth, meaning that if you were in debt or if you were in trouble, one of your relatives, one of your kin could step in and they could take your debt on themselves and, and pay for it and ransom you out of your trouble. They could, they could give you more than you deserve. It's kind of like those, if you ever watch those uh, shows, HDTV, it's always like those millennials or Gen Zs who, um, and it shows like what they do, and like one of them is like a part-time elementary teacher and the other is like volunteers at like the dog rescue place. And they're buying this like $600,000 home. And you're like, how do they afford that? Do you, you ever wonder that? Um, it's just me. Okay, I'm this old bitter man now. Um, how do you afford this house? Like, um, well, it's usually oftentimes because one of their wealthier, more established family members is helping them out, right? Well, that's how we, we do it. You know, getting on this highway is like us trying to get into a million-dollar home on our our volunteering at the animal shelter salary, right? We just can't afford it. We can't make it. But thankfully, we have one who, who has it all, right? Who helps us into that home, helps us onto that highway. Um, Isaiah says the only way we can be redeemed from our sins, the only way we can be clean enough to go home is, is if we have a relative, who will take our sin on himself and pay our ransom. And that's it. That's the only way on. And friends, Merry Christmas. Right, scripture tells us in Jesus Christ we have a brother who came down to be our kinsman redeemer, that, that he's the one we've waited for. Ray Cortez says our world tries to sanitize Christmas. It really does. You know, we, we sing about... The little Lord Jesus um, who lays down his sweet head. The cattle are lowing. The poor baby awakes. 
but the little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. We, we sanitize it, and we try to make it into this, this perfect, serene picture. All the while, we completely miss the fact that Jesus was born into this world completely unwelcomed. I mean, there, there was no doctor, no hospital, no doula. Uh, imagine the bacteria, right, of being laid in a manger. And then to make things worse, Herod, that megalomaniac king, heard that there's a new king of the Jews in town. And he launched this local infanticide campaign. Even as a baby, Jesus was on the run. I mean, he never really knew a home, right? He was homeless. As an adult, he was homeless. And as he died, he was homeless. Remember, Jesus was led out of the city. And on the cross with our sins on him, what did he say? He cried out something. He said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why have you abandoned me? Why, why are you kicking me out? And then he died to redeem us, to pay our ransom, which means Jesus died rejected and alone. So that if, you're, if we're in him, it's impossible. Like it is literally impossible for God to reject us. That Jesus died for our sin with our sin, so that we could have his righteousness. It means that he was kicked out so that we could be brought back in. He became homeless so that we could finally be home, uh, brought home to God. So it's not about how much you volunteer in stinking church, okay? Though we, we need volunteers, okay? But it's just not going to save you, but, but we'll love you forever. Um, it's really about being redeemed, about being forgiven and loved in Jesus. That is, the, that is it. Max Licato, as we close, Max Licato tells the story of a, a 14-year-old uh, Brazilian girl. Uh, who was a, he, she was really too pretty for her own good. She lived in a small village with a wood-burning stove. She slept on a cot, but she saw a glamour magazine. And she saw what the modern world was like, and she wanted it. And so she took off from her little village and she went to the big city and everybody knows what tends to happen to young, beautiful girls like that who go to the big city alone. Uh, tragically, often they, are, they can get exploited. Uh, they get preyed upon by human traffickers. Well, when she left home, her mom knew that. And so her mom did something ingenious. She uh, took a picture of herself uh, and she printed it on posters and she went to the big city uh, putting up these posters all over. Uh, she uh, wanted her daughter to see her, her face, her mother's face. And so she went to the rundown hotels. She went to the seediest parts of town. Uh, she put them on bulletin boards, phone booths, bus stops. Where, wherever she could post them, she did. And then she went back home. Well, one day her 14-year-old daughter walked down the stairs in one of those seedy hotels uh, as Lucado says, the life already out of her young eyes. And across the hotel lobby, she saw a, a picture that she recognized. It was a picture of her, ma, her mom. And she went up to the picture, and she picked it up, she turned it over, and on the back, her mother had written, whatever you've done, doesn't matter, come home. Well, Westminster, do you know what makes Christmas wonderful? And the gospel, wonderful. Christmas is a picture of Jesus saying, whatever you've done, doesn't matter. I've paid for it. Come home. 
Well, friends, Merry Christmas. Uh, what better time than now, than, than today, to trust Jesus as Messiah and to be home in him? Well, let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would continue to teach us that in you we are home. And in Christ, your mercies are new every morning. Uh, teach us that in you we have everything to celebrate because if we are home in you, every morning is Christmas morning. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for being our Redeemer. And we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Hi, Richard Owens here. I just wanted to take a second to say thank you for listening to the podcast of Westminster Presbyterian Church. Our prayer is that the Lord would use this message to encourage you in the gospel and that you would find Jesus to be more beautiful than you ever, ever imagined. If you'd like to find out more about who Jesus is or more about our church, I invite you to visit our website at wpcgreenwood.org. God bless.